0: I'm Ed Gross, and you're listening to CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now. For many people, when you think of Judy Garland, it's tough not having The Wizard of Oz come to mind. But the truth is that there is so much more to the life and career of the singer actress, so many stories within her story, that are worth discussing. In fact, it could be overwhelming. The secret, it seems, is only tackling portions of her life, each of which is so worthy of exploration. The Renee Zellweger film, Judy, takes on the final portion of her story, while the new Showtime documentary, Sid and Judy, looks at the relationship, both professional and personal, between Judy and Sidney Luft, and their marriage, which spanned from 1952 to 1965. The documentary is directed and co-written by Stephen Kijak, who we recently had the opportunity to sit down with to discuss Sid and Judy what he hoped to explore, and his own personal revelations about Judy Garland. I've got to ask, you know, uh, obviously Judy Garland had a very long life. Well, not a very long life, but a long career, many years. Uh, What was it about this segment of her life that made you say, this is what I want to cover in this documentary?
1: I was introduced to uh, the Sidloff Trust, and among the materials that they had in in their archive. Primarily was the uh, as of yet unpublished memoir that Sid wrote of his life with Judy, which, uh, you know, provided the frame within which we could then tell that story uh, using uh, the multitude of materials uh, that the estate had. Um, It's just one of those instances where as a documentary filmmaker, you know, your your antenna is out for projects all the time. And sometimes you're developing and pursuing things. Sometimes things just land in your lap, and that's kind of what happened with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just it's one of those rare instances where it just it all looks kind of perfect from the get go. It's like ah, here's an in and an out. Here's our framework. Here's our point of view. Here's some some not so rare, but also some very rare materials. Uh, we have the chance to do something personal, intimate with a lot of, you know, never before seen and heard stuff. Great. Let's make a film.
0: And where did things like Sid talking to the head of CBS, I forget the gentleman he was speaking to at CBS, but this Mm -hmm. audio, I mean, where did that come from?
1: Sid secretly tape recorded his phone calls. Wow. Cheeky bastard. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, uh, he, it was at a time when he was, uh, I believe, Uh, He started doing it because he was very concerned with where Judy's money was going, uh, and he was trying to catch Fields and Begelman who were managing her, and it turns out embezzling money from her. Uh, So he ended up just recording lots and lots and lots of phone calls because, obviously, Fields and Begelman were very much involved in the TV show. Uh, So, yeah, it seems to have become a habit and, you know, lucky for us, like they were preserved in the archive uh, and it gives you a really unbelievable like peek into uh, their lives at that time. And just just like, you know, the way people spoke to each other and how demeaning and degrading these awful studio executives were to Judy. I yeah. mean, you know, it's so misogynistic. You can't believe it. We can't believe it. I mean, look where we are today. Uh, Yeah, (laughs)
0: one could say so, absolutely.
1: Fighting these kinds of attitudes and power problems. Yeah. Uh, But there's another instance of it from the 60s that, you know, it's shocking, really. Um, But great stuff for storytelling because, again, it puts you right in it. You're not relying on third-hand accounts anymore. This is what happened.
0: Right. It You know, it's amazing to hear how Judy is, is, and I know she brought certain problems with her to the set, so to speak, and that she had issues going on and all that stuff, but you still would think that a star of the magnitude that Judy Garland was, would be a little impervious to this kind of thing, but she really wasn't.
1: No, I don't think many people were. Um, I just think it comes down to, like I just said, just the misogyny of the system, you know? Yeah. They were products, you know, and the second you get out of line, they chuck you, you know. And remember, there wasn't really a culture of rehab and, you know, people didn't understand addiction the way we understand it today. Right. So she, she really was not like there was no support for that kind of thing. The best they could do. And like Sid admits, he's like, I just had to hire a doctor from MGM to feed her pills. While we were making summers Born, she admitted that she needed them, and we couldn't get it done without them. So, you know, enabling, managing, I mean, it certainly didn't help her kick it. Uh, it just shows you how far we've come,
0: you know? Yeah, absolutely. For you, I'm curious what your thoughts of Judy Garland were prior to starting this project, and if you came away with any sort of revelations by the time you were finished with it.
1: Oh, it was all revelation. Honestly, I I didn't think about Judy Garland before this project. If anything, it was just like, oh, you know, I've seen drag queens imitate her and, you know, it's it's not it's not my music. I'm a kid of the 80s. I I was firmly like a new waver. Uh, She was not my diva. And it to me, it always just felt like old fashioned. You know, I wasn't really that into musicals. I'm a really bad gay. You know what I mean? (laughs) I didn't really care. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't into the yellow brick road. I was more into different kinds of music, but I got to say once, you know, then you, you, you're confronted with, with her and her talent and the body of work and the depth and and width of it all. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so her, her talent, her talent alone is so vast, uh, that when you are finally made to pay attention and look at it from top to bottom it's it's absolutely overwhelming and i mean i don't think anybody who can claim to like love music in any way shape or form wouldn't be touched and moved by her music you know uh i'm more partial to the later years like her her, her albums are for capital you know uh obviously the carnegie hall albums a towering achievement um I was amazed that I I like jazz as well. And like, she's a phenomenal jazz singer, you know, I, I would have killed to have seen like Judy in a small smoky club doing standards. Like, wow, an unbelievable experience. You know, it's like, I, I, it's amazing to like, I feel really lucky to have had an opportunity to kind of approach her with a like fresh you know because uh, it's one of those characters in culture who is so bogged down with preconceived notions and myths and history and and rumor and everything you know what I mean like yeah. it's just who doesn't who doesn't know something about Judy garland but then do you really know do you really know Judy garland you know uh, to be able to approach it and strip all that baggage away and just look at the human being and the talent and the the impact that she had uh, is amazing. Totally. Like just, it was all revelation. Like I said, yeah, uh, I feel humbled by it, to be honest with you, and honored that we've got to do it.
0: Well, I mean, I've got to tell you my, my, I mean, I'm 59 and my thing with Judy Garland has always been the Wizard of Oz. I mean, that was the thing that I know her from. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's primarily, you know, I know she yeah. did all these other musicals and then worked with uh, Mickey Rooney a lot and all that stuff, but I never really paid much attention to it. And the first impulse was, I wonder if that's out there. Then I started watching the the section, which I think is a really powerful section on the Judy Garland show, uh, where I'm suddenly like, I wonder if I can watch those episodes. And all of a sudden it's like, I'm giving a damn about Judy Garland that I couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's incredible. And we're, I mean, we're only scratching the surface. Yeah. You know, I always say this isn't the Judy Garland story. It's a Judy Garland story. Right. And there are Thousands of Judy Garland stories. Yeah, you know, Uh, it just—I think it, it. Hopefully, it'll open doors, and you can go through any one of them. You know what I mean? Like the TV show is a fascinating thing. That this is what's interesting is so much of it is there for you. You know, right? I think the only things that are just super, super rare that we had were Sid's phone calls and a stack of like, like family photos. Uh, most everything else, if you dig far enough on youtube you 'll find it she 's been so picked over, yeah uh, but we've you know created context and narrative and use a lot of material in a really different way that hopefully reenergizes it
0: now where did her stuff come from like it opens with her narration, and then later on she seems to be on a tirade a little bit uh a recording
1: that 's in the the left of state you know she oh, was, okay. she was uh she had a record she actually, actually, the very first thing you hear is that's never been heard of before. Yeah. Sid had invented. Sid Luft actually was the first guy to invent in like air, like uh, audio entertainment for airplanes. Okay. He, he pioneered that invention. Really. And uh, I'm now I'm forgetting the name of it. And he'd gotten a bunch of his his wife and a bunch of celebrity friends to record little demos. So he just found this reel to reel. I'm like, what the hell is this? And it's just like. Hello there, I'm Judy Garland. I'm like, oh no, this is Judy doing a demo for Sid. Wow. great And I was like, I said you cut out that and that that and that can be her introducing the movie. Um, but then the rest of it, uh, it's just you know, it's it's in a little box in the estate. It's just the Judy autobiography tapes. And again, like almost all of that stuff is on YouTube in some shape or form. Oh, okay. Uh, and again, it's been you know, it's been used a lot i think for people to kind of gawk at like a like a car crash yeah um and there's a horrible bit where howard stern plays it and they kind of make fun of her because it's like oh she sounds like she's on drugs and this that and the other but it's like if if you actually give those things context you really get a sense of of you know of who she was and why she was so goddamn angry at <laughs> at yeah. everybody she had a right to be you know um so yeah, I mean a a lot of people have heard them there are out there, but I mean, again, a lot of it to, to us was context and story.
0: Sure. No, absolutely. And why was I mean, she was so angry is it because she was sort of used and discarded kind of thing? Is that why she was so angry?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean she got the short end of it over and over and over again, you know? And uh yeah, I mean I, I I don't know what else to say, right? It's just again like she is in some respects her own worst enemy, but on the flip side, uh look at what she had to put up with in yeah. an era where women were not given that equal footing. You know, it's like Barbara Streisand and her, like on that, on that fantastic duet, you know, you see like, this is the pivot, right? I mean, Barbara is the new star, right? She's just barely 20 when she appears on the show and she becomes a completely different kind of star, you know, acting, singing, directing. She just took, control in a way that judy was not able to you know Mm -hmm. could she have she was a different kind of person i don't know right but uh i mean i get it i get mad like that all the time i mean you're (laughs) always fighting against some kind of irrational force when you're trying to make your art you know uh not so not so much on this one this was a fabulous absolutely wonderful collaborative experience but um you know i think a lot of people can relate to where she's coming from
0: absolutely You know, it's interesting, too, is like if you put your documentary, watch that first, then sit down and watch the movie Judy. It's like almost part two of of the documentary. Yeah,
1: I've heard that some people have said like, oh, we're so glad we saw yours first Mm -hmm. Um, because it gave a lot of great context to what happens in the Zellweger film. Right. I think that's fascinating. We didn't know that was happening when we were making our film Uh, and we hope, you know, they are seen as. Companions. I, I still haven't seen it, more just because I haven't had time. I'm dying to see it. Yeah. I, I hear she does a phenomenal job. Yeah, I really does. do. I can't wait to take a look at it. And uh, you know, just great timing all around. I think it's fabulous that they're both out at the same time, and that people can indulge in you know a double dose of Judy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You brought up the thing before about Barbara Streisand taking control of her career in a way that Judy never really could. It's interesting, though, in the section on the Judy Garland TV show she finally does take control and it's working. I mean, the studio, the network doesn't stay with it, but it's interesting that suddenly people are tuning in and it's starting to go up in the ratings and, uh, because she was doing it the way she knew she should be doing it rather than being told how to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just all you needed to do was put her on a stage and let her sing. Right. You know, they tried to make her into something. She wasn't, uh, George Schlatter, the producer uh, who we interview in there, uh, it's not in the film, but he said, you know, they, they were always saying like, well, why can't she be like Doris Day? Why can't she be like, um, oh, what's her name? Not Doris Day. Um, Dinah Shore. It was Dinah Shore. Like, why can't she be like Dinah? You know, it's like. Cause she's Judy. Yeah, they, you know, Judy <laughs> I was going to say Judy herself was like, you know, like they always, I, I can't remember what she said. Like they all, they wanted me to be the girl next door Well, I, you know, it was like, I don't know if you've ever lived next door to anyone like me before, but honey, it ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. what? You can't, you, you can't change her. Like why, why try to change her? Like yeah. they really hampered her and handicapped her with bad writing and stupid and silly skits. Uh, and, you know, we had the benefit of being able to cut out that stuff and, and just show you performance, you know? Uh, and yeah, yeah. But the time it's, you know, the last number of episodes, They just made them as like little mini concerts, and uh, they're really stunning. It's just fantastic
0: stuff. Yeah. A Star is Born, you know, we touched on that before. How significant was that movie supposed to be for Judy, and how damaging was it either personally or as a box officer and that sort of thing after they made the cuts? I'm just curious about that chapter. I mean, uh, how important was A Star is Born? Yeah
1: it was massively important. I mean, you know, she had already kind of, she hadn't made her comeback by going back to the stage, you know, these concerts from the, from the Palladium to the palace, then back to LA at the Philharmonic in the early fifties were hugely successful. I mean, really it's, it's where you start seeing the star become the legend, right? Like right before your eyes. Uh, but it was really important for her to get back into movies. Uh, And like we say in the film, this is, you know, it's a story that's been told and retold in Hollywood a bunch. She'd always wanted to do a musical. Hers was the first musical version of that story. And uh, yeah, by all accounts, the first three hour long cut, the word was, it was as, 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 as towering as, as gone with the wind, you know, everyone was like, this is one of the greatest movies Hollywood's ever produced and they're going to win every Oscar and she's going to grab it. And there's, there's no questions asked. But of course, as you hear in the movie, like a lot of it, it's so complicated, but you you may also see there's like a conflict between uh, Jack Warner who ran the studio and his brother who ran distribution. Uh, they didn't want a three hour long movie. They're like, we want to show it five times a day. Right. So, and then studio, the studio chains got involved and it was like, that's oh, too long. It's too long. So they cut, cut it and cut it and cut it and cut it. And they, they killed it. They killed it really. I mean, and then Jack Warner politically was not liked at the time in Hollywood. There was a conflict apparently with the Academy and you know, like you, what you hear about how, why she didn't win the trophy. Warner's was really shut out of a lot of Oscars that year and Star is born fell victim to that, whether it was like Hollywood politics or really the result of the film being sliced to pieces. Um, at the time, it, it bombed. It was initial reviews were glowing, but then when it got cut, it just tanked. Right. Uh, and you can imagine how devastating that could be. So,
0: And what sort of impact did that, first of all, getting it going and then having it fall apart like that, did that have an impact on the relationship with Sid and Judy? Oh, yeah.
1: I'm sure it did. I mean, I, I couldn't give you specifics, but I mean, it yeah. was a devastating blow to the both of them. Uh, and they just picked themselves up and went back on the road. I mean, she just went back to the road. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, well, it's just like, you can still sing and dance. So let's get back out there. And she, she just went on the road and toured her ass off and, you know, became one of the highest paid and most beloved live attractions of her day. You know I mean? She, it, we, it, we can't get into all of it in the film. It's just, like I said, there's so many stories, Yeah. but she just, she dominated Las Vegas. She had some like incredibly, great runs in some of the you know the 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 classic 60s las vegas stages you know and she had like these great residencies you know there's some photos where she's dragging dean and some you know and sinatra up on stage and you know having like a a great time and the the concert tours were well received um but you know they had their ups and downs as you see in the film and uh yeah, I don't know if they ever recovered. I mean, she didn't really do that many films after that. Granted, Small Role and Judgment at Nuremberg, which got her on a, 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 a nomination. Right. I could go on singing, which is like her great last musical, which unfortunately we're only able to touch on briefly. But yeah, it's, it's sad. It, it, it could have been, it could have, it, it, it should stand shoulder to shoulder with Gone with the Wind and as like one of the great epics of Hollywood. Right. Of like classic Hollywood
0: filmmaking, and it's amazing that as as successful as she became as a performer rather than a film star, uh, she was haunted the whole time by all the addictions and stuff. I mean, how how terrible mm-hmm. to have success yeah. and yet have all this other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know. I asked you before your perception of Judy before and after. What about Sid? I mean, what what do you come away with? Because obviously, for a lot of people, Sid's a hell of a lot less known than uh, than Judy is. I mean, what was your take yeah. about him
1: well i mean going into it you 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 discover he's he's quite a maligned figure i mean a lot of people are not really big fans of siddle Up. Right. uh he was seen to be you know look it, it's all black and it's not black and white it's all gray area right of course. i mean they were married for like you know what was it 13 something years i mean they have to have been doing something right you know, you, what you what you see is a really strong and powerful and passionate bond that was completely uh, volatile and conflicted. You know, I mean, look at who they were. Look at who she was. How could you have a normal life under those circumstances? Right. Um, I feel like we you know, we tried to create as balanced a portrait of him as we could in letting him sort of be complicit and sort of uh, in in his own failings as well, you know tough guy from the Bronx, spent a lot of time at the track, you know, drank, spent money, got into fights. I mean, he was a bruiser, a brawler. uh, And, you know, it was, the relationship could be abusive, the relationship could be loving. I mean, it was all of those things. Uh, So it's not like we set out to like rehabilitate him, but Sid gives us the unique perspective to tell the story in a certain way. Yeah. And then our our job was then to then make sure Judy was then given equal voice through her own recordings, songs, and stories as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, to me, it's all about balance. Uh, he's a catalyst figure. I mean, he has the most VO, but this is a Judy Garland movie,
0: ultimately, right? Absolutely, so. yeah. And the thing that shot, one of the things that kind of shocked me in a sense and I'd love to get a sense of how deep this ran. Was this friendship she apparently had with President Kennedy?
1: That's oh, so cool, right? I mean, amazing. Yeah, it's um, like what
0: what give me a little insight yeah. on that.
1: Well, you know, you see the film a bit, like they 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 rubbed shoulders with some of the same people, you know, Peter Lawford with, you know, uh married to Patricia Kennedy. Right. Um so then they meet Jack on the social circuit. I think Judy spent some time she, she she would spend time occasionally at the Kennedy compound on Cape Cod. Uh, they just became really friendly, you know? Um, some It was just a personality thing. They just clicked. She loved him. He loved her. I mean, who wouldn't love Judy Garland? Right. I mean, you know, he's like, oh my God, Dorothy in the flesh, like incredible. But it was really genuine. There was a great respect and mutual admiration. And, you know, uh, just to think that on more than one occasion they would just she would she would be able to just get a direct line to the white house whenever she needed it and from all accounts he would occasionally reach out to her just to say hi and ask her to just sing him over the rainbow over the phone i mean that <laughs> wow. was a thing she would do for him right you know it's really special and you know we we really wanted to make that little arc clear that you know, it was while she was making the TV show is when he was assassinated. Right. And, you know, she had planned. She wanted to just scrap the show and do an entire night of patriotic songs in his honor. And the studio said no. Uh, so it wasn't until a few weeks later that she kind of just said, fuck him. And she stood out there. And I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, we looked through every piece of videotape, One Inch Masters, it was written about in this book. We can't find it. Apparently she just looked right in the camera before they she sang and said, This is for you, Jack. And then she sang Battle Hymn of the Republic. Right. We have that performance, but I can't find her. I was like, Did she really do that? Or is that or a legend, right? Is it a legend? But when I think about it, I just get chills, you know. And apparently, um, you know, when you read the accounts of it. By the end of the song, the studio audience was just like on their knees, you know, in tears. It was just, it was that emotional. It was that important for her. Right. She was that kind of a performer, right? I don't know. It just it blows me away. I love. We're we're good. We're good Kennedy Democrats where I come from. I grew up on Cape Cod, yeah. so <laughs> I just thought I also very very a soft spot for that part of the story too. You know, I think it's really special.
0: Now, do you think she defied the network, defied the studio, and said, "I'm going to sing this" because she just wanted to do it and she would have done it even if the show wasn't in day already basically going to be canceled.
1: I think she would have done it no matter what. Yeah. Okay. I really do.
0: Fair enough. Well, for people you know, coming into this, that you're presenting this too. What is it about this, about Judy, about this documentary that people should tune in for?
1: It's a great story with great music, man. I mean, I always, we kind of, some, you know, we try to approach these, in two ways you know it's like you know, these are films for fans but you know I went into this not a fan and I I'm, I'm a storyteller and it's our job to tell you a great story and uh I think it's just it's just one of those things that has it all I mean it's a great piece of our cinematic and musical history she's such an important performer um and it's just a really good moment to look at it you know uh to see everything that came in her wake, you know, uh, to see how women in music and film have kind of been inspired by her and have kind of helped move forward and change their worlds and in certain ways. Right. You know, what I mean, she she really did kick down or kick at the door and did things that no one else I, before or since has really done across every medium of American popular entertainment, right? From vaudeville to radio, theater, movies, concerts, TV, right? It's just, I think it's time to reappraise her in a really serious way. And uh, it's also just entertaining as hell. I think it's just, we we found a really moving and emotional story. Uh, I mean, I was inspired, like, in a way I, I, I didn't expect to be. So I'm hoping an audience coming in fresh can actually find that same revelation in it, you know, despite maybe not being a fan or uh, it's not what you think.
0: Obviously, life was not always a yellow brick road for Judy Garland. But we'd like to think that this podcast is. Please subscribe, tell your friends about us and give us a five star review. Thanks very much for listening. And we'll see you next time.